Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Psst! Hey, wake up! Come on, sleeper! It takes a second before I understand where I am. Wake up, man. We don't have much time. The room is white. The bed is white. There's a window. I see a tree. I'm in the hospital. I remember now. I've been here for days. What's going on? We have to go. Give me a second, will you? No, no. No seconds left. They are coming. You've got to get up quickly. Or what? I mean, who's coming? No, BBU is coming. The crows. I'm instantly awake and sit up straight before I even realize I've moved. He's coming here? He knows I'm here? Mr. Crow from back home? Oh, please start getting dressed. Where are your jeans? Is Mr. Crow coming? Oh, it's so many. It's so, so many crows. It's all of them. All of the crows. What do you mean, all of them? A whole murder of crows. The sky is turning black. Where are your jeans? last thing I remember, before waking up, is standing on the small back area behind the BBU, where the trucks park in the morning from packaging and distribution to drop everything off. I remember standing there and seeing the skyline of the city, and feeling freaking victorious, feeling good, and then passing out from the pain. Sleeper number two brought me to this hospital which is apparently really close. He doesn't have a car, and he didn't want to go inside to ask someone for help because he was afraid they would snitch on me. So he managed to get me onto one of those trolleys we used to bring the boxes full of burgers to the cooling cell, and he rolled me to this place. When I came to, the doctors had already forced my rib back into place and started working on all the pulled muscles and joints. They asked me how all this happened, and I said I got beat up by some guys in the street. Everybody's so nice. It's amazing here. I mean, I just get to chill out, read some books they got me, eat, drink, and not worry about what trouble I'll end up in tomorrow. The second day, they came asking for my insurance and stuff, and I worried a little bit. I thought that I would have to make a run for the door. 
But the plan I got at BBU still works. Their computer accepted my name and address, so apparently in the system I'm still employed. I'm lucky that BBU has such a good program. They cover everything, apart from diabetes and like three or four very specific types of cancer. So, as long as the computer thinks I still work there, we should be good. It's weird though that they didn't delete me. Sleeper number two comes by every other day or so, while they put me back together. He's a nice guy. Bit of a loose cannon, maybe. But it was nice to talk to someone who understands what it's like working a sleeper station. Someone who understands it's both the most horrible thing possible and the most important thing in your life. How it's like a hardcore drug addiction. He told me I inspired him to just let the spatula fall one day and leave. I told him about all the hardship I'd been through to get to the city. And for some reason, it doesn't scare him off. It seems to inspire him. He said he was also going to quit. Listen to me. Your story is amazing. It's changing my life. I'm going to quit after this next paycheck. I, I really am. I mean, you don't have to. If you need the money, there's no shame in keeping a job. It's just that I personally think this job isn't healthy for a human mind. Or for my mind. I know. And that's why I'm quitting. It's over. I'm just like you. I don't want my life to be one big, hazy dream state. Uh, maybe look for another job and then quit once you've got one? Still listen. I was thinking, and don't dismiss me right away. Just think about this, okay? What is it? Okay. Okay. So, I think I know the purpose of your journey. Uh, yeah, I do too. We should go all around the country, you and me, to wake up all of the sleepers at all of the BBUs around the country. What? We should spread your story and we should wake them all up. Like, I don't know, release all the slaves from their chains or, or, or whatever. I'm not just randomly traveling across the country. I'm going to the city. What's uh, what's in the city? Kim. Kim? Uh, she's someone that lives in the city? Yeah, I used to work with her at BBU. We used to be friends. And I have to make sure her dad doesn't find her and drags her back to yeah, Corbett. Where exactly does she live? In Naraka. I mean, that place is pretty big, man. I, on the central island alone, there's probably nine or ten million people. I know. None of this has been easy. We're moving fast. But I started all the way in Corvat, and in spite of everything, I'm here now. Oh, and, oh gosh, you're gonna have to avoid all the BBUs they have there while you look for her? I know. Yeah, on every block there's one. And, and in every BBU, there's a crow. Uh, listen, man. I have to tell you something. Uh, and don't get upset now. This is a good thing. I'm already not liking this. Is this why you brought me a chocolate shake today? I've been spreading your story. What? I've been getting emails back, man. It's it's working. You've been emailing people? Yeah, sleepers. And they are waking up. Sleepers are waking up all over the country and stealing their boss's car to get out of their own way. You know, to change their lives. What are you talking about? You're encouraging people to steal cars and quit their jobs? 
they'll end up in jail because of you. Oh, don't you see how exciting this is? Don't you want everybody to take control like you did? You're, you're like a messiah. Oh, man, sleeper stations are poisonous, but that doesn't mean people should steal cars. I did because I had to chase after Kim. You're not making sense with this, this Kim stuff right now. This story isn't about her. It's about taking control and destiny and living life and you know all that kind of stuff. No, it's just about Kim and regret. <laughs> no, man, you are so wrong. This Kim is just a, uh, uh, oh, what do you call that? It's, it's something that like starts something else and, uh, oh, there's like this expensive word. Catalyst. Ah, that's all she is, man. Guess that. It's not about her at all. She just started this thing, and now you're on your way. Where have you been sending those mails from? Uh, you know, my computer. Won't they trace it back to you? Won't they know we're both here? <laughs> I'm a bit of a computer wizard. I've encrypted all of the comms, and I've used like VPNs and all that stuff. No one will ever trace it back to us. I'm actually really good with that stuff. Please, stop doing that. We should be careful. I don't want you to send my story to anyone, okay? Dude, okay, I don't mean to disrespect, but for someone who went on, like, a great adventure, you worry a lot. BBUHQ, this is Ralph. Yeah, so here's the status update. First of all, we know where all the messages to all our hamburger heating managers have been coming from. No, someone's sending out this kind of pamphlet about quitting your job in order to find freedom, glorifying a life without structure. Yes, I know, it's a very interesting perspective, but very dangerous to our businesses, I am sure you understand. Anyway, it turns out the emails were sent from a BBU right outside Naraka by the very hamburger heating manager that works there. Yes, typical. The encryption was amateur work. Very unsophisticated, I've been told. So it wasn't a problem locating the source of the propaganda. Absolutely. We have to set an example. There's reports from all over the country about sleepers reading this email and just walking away from their stations. But there's more. It turns out he wasn't working alone. The hamburger heating manager from Corvat, the one we've been hunting down for a couple of weeks now, is with him, or at least very close by. Our system pinged that he checked into a hospital and used his BBU coverage. Seems like they're both either quite stupid or unafraid of us, which actually is also stupid. Yes, exactly. So we've got them both. Now, before any of them make their next move, we're going to go grab them. So... I'd like you to check out how many crows are in the area, and I need you to get me the authority to dispatch them. Great. And can I get the go-ahead for the dispatch? What do you mean, which one? Do you know what these people are doing to this company? Or what they're trying to start? I want to send all the crows in. No, literally all of them. Dispatch the whole murder. Yes, we have to set an example. I want a rainstorm of black feathers pouring down on that hospital right now. Uh, yeah, a sleeper here. Sorry for interrupting the story, but I need help. I mean, that's obvious by now, right? 
I need gas money so I never have to steal food from a diner and get wrapped up with a drug lord again. And if you're like, hey, let's help this guy leave Corvette, please go to leavingcorvette.com. I added a donate button, which is shameless, I know, but desperate times call for desperate measures. Or maybe you haven't checked out Temple of Sleep yet. It's worth the money. Psst. Hey, wake up. Come on, sleeper. Hey, wake up. Please, please Give wake up. Give me a second, will you? Absolutely no seconds to spare. They are coming. You've got to go. Get out of here, quickly. The crows are coming. It's, it's so many. It's so many crows. What? How do you know? Okay, I, I, I was late for work. For the first time in my life, there was this weird kind of creepy guy at my door asking all kinds of questions. He was so weird, and it, it seemed like he was trying to stall me. Uh, anyway, he, he made me a bit wait for work, and when, when, I, when I walked walked in, the crows were all sitting there, and I knew they were looking for me, and I heard them talking about me and about you being in the hospital. We have to go. We have to go now. We can figure this out later. We can talk about it. Okay, let's go. I climb out of the window. I'm barely dressed. I'm still wearing the weird long t-shirt they give you at every hospital for some reason. The one that's open at the back. I wish I wore underwear. There's a small adjacent building we can jump onto, and then make it into the parking lot. For some reason, I take a second to look over my shoulder and... Well, like sleeper number two said, the sky is turning black. There's a cloud, or a vortex, or an amorphous mass made up of feathers and beaks and eyes filled with fury. It's like a tornado. We're running in between the cars outside the hospital when suddenly the black cloud focuses on us and dives. Like a school of fish, the cloud changes into a kind of spear, throwing itself downward. It's like one big black wave crashing itself towards the earth. I tell sleeper number two to find cover. We both crawl underneath a parked car. Crows crash into the cars like a hailstorm. I can hear the tires being shredded to pieces and glass shattering. And for some reason, I visualize what would happen if one of us got caught in that crow storm. What would happen to our limbs and our faces, like being stuck in a blender. Quick, climb out and run. I think they're flying back up to regain momentum. You sure? Run! This car won't stop them. We start running towards the street. We make our way in between the cars, passing by from both sides, and create complete chaos. I hope no one gets hurt. The vortex of crows makes a second dive, and it's like artillery fire hitting the street. I hear people screaming, but I have to keep going. Is me stealing the car so bad that it justifies this kind of attack? This kind of collateral? It seems insanely excessive. There's big houses with nice big lawns on the other side of the road. Sleeper number two is a fast runner. 
He sprints onto a front yard, towards a red brick house. He goes right for an open window and jumps in head first. I follow him, and we're suddenly in a kitchen. A radio is playing. We run through the kitchen. There's a kettle boiling. We go into the dining room. I can hear people talking upstairs. They have no idea what's going on. But then... Run! Let's go! Quickly! Get down! They'll go right through the house! A cloud of furious crows follows us like a mindless heat-seeking missile. It goes right through the house, completely destroying the windows and outer walls. They smash through the kitchen, tearing it to pieces. I hear pans bouncing off the walls and the wooden cabinets being shredded. I've lost sleeper number two. I turn a random corner and I see the backyard through the big windows in the living room. I'm not sure if it's a good thing to be on a big empty lawn, but I feel like I should leave the house before it collapses. Sleeper, where are you? I'm heading for the backyard. Almost tripping over some toys in the hallway, I run into a door that suddenly opens up. A hand appears, drags me into the cellar. The crows pass by like a train on the other side of the closed door, like a Jesta's freight train. I sit on the stairs and stare at the white door, watching it vibrate from the force that's pushing itself through the house. We hear glass breaking from what must be the big windows I saw at the back. And then, after a couple of seconds, it's quiet. They've launched themselves into the backyard. Oh, quick, we should turn back and run. I nod and get up. We run out of the house, which looks like a couple of bulls rampage through it. We run back onto the front yard, towards the road, where there are some cars standing still, people assessing the damage. But most of the traffic manages to squeeze through. What do we do? Uh, we, we hitchhike. What? We should quickly get into a car and disappear. We should try and find someone that'll take us away. I guess. Who's gonna take me? I'm wearing a hospital gown and nothing underneath. Try, try and look relaxed like, like you're not being chased. Okay. Sleeper number two puts his thumb up and gestures to the cars passing by that he needs a ride. I don't believe in this hitchhiking plan at all. This isn't the place to catch a ride, especially not now. These people just saw us run to one side and now come back again. If we stay here too long, they might start asking. Just someone stopped. Let's go, Sleeper. Let's get out of here before they spot us. Somebody did stop. Sleeper number two starts running towards the car, and I follow him. But without taking my eyes off the house, I expect to see the black cloud reappear any second. Thank you so much, man. You're a real lifesaver. Yeah, we'll go uh, whatever way you're going. I climb onto the back seat. Number two sat down in front, next to the driver. The car turns back onto the road, and it seems like the plan is going to work. I look behind me. The road is empty. Just a yellow line, unbroken. No dark figure. No feathery, ragged wings, but it's only a matter of time.
I turn back around and put my seatbelt on. It's a small back seat, like with most pickup trucks. I look in front and see sleeper number two talking to the guy who gave us a ride. I want to lean over and thank this man and... Wait, no, I... I see the side of the driver's face and... Well, I, I know him from somewhere. I've seen this man before. The dark cloud does reappear, but within me, in my gut. Who is that man? I check the doors. They're locked. We're going pretty fast now. No way to get out of the car. I lean to the side to get a better look at the driver. He looks completely harmless. Big glasses, cheap suit. He kind of looks like an... I freeze. I remember. I look to my sides and see I'm sitting in a black pickup truck. The black pickup truck I've seen before. Driven by the man I've seen before. And the man driving it, he looks... He looks like an accountant. The man the creeper was warning me about and trying to get off my tail. We voluntarily got into a car with the gardener's number one soldier. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.